whether the furniture industry will do well as a whole is, you know, you want to look at how the housing market is doing and what the projections for those are um, for the six, next six to 12 months. You also want to be looking at the month over month um, mortgage demands, the interest rates as well. Um, and then you also want to look at commodity prices. On this episode of Early Bird, Michael Mills, Managing Director at the private investment firm Infinitary Fund. Michael joins the podcast today to talk about furniture stocks, including an industry outlook and what stocks to pick. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Michael. Welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Good, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, Today, we're going to take a look at furniture stocks and look at the furniture industry, a a very fascinating area for a lot of retail investors. Uh, But before we do that, Mike, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You have a really interesting background, both in private investment and in the furniture industry. Yeah, definitely. So 27 years old, I began my career at an investment uh, due diligence firm uh, based out of New York and spent a couple of years there. Um, and then after that, I did a little bit of equity consulting for a private spinoff actually from that firm. And then after that role, that's when I took on the, this job at Bob's Discount Furniture, which is where I am at now. And you do financial and- planning, right? Yep. I'm in their finance department doing financial planning and analysis, but also on the side for the past few years, I've been running my own private investment fund focusing on large cap stocks. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So, uh, I bet, uh, with, you know, you're doing furniture and you're doing, you know, this private investment fund as well. It, it certainly sounds like a lot on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly a lot to juggle. Got to keep organized. <laughs> well, I guess the good news is with your background in both the furniture business as well as in private investment, you have a pretty good eye of where the industry is, especially as it relates to financial issues. So as we look at the uh, the furniture uh, industry, Mike, what, well, what should investors know from a very high level about it, the current state of that industry right now? Yeah, so the furniture industry has been experiencing, just like other industries, some pretty unprecedented trends since the beginning of COVID. Um, So right as soon as the pandemic began, you almost immediately saw a very large increase in sales trends for pretty much every public furniture company you can look at across the board. Um, And 
part of the reason for that is the housing demand that took place within the United States oh. um, after the pandemic began. You saw a lot of people moving out of the cities. And generally, when people move, that's when they decide to buy big ticket items such as furniture. Absolutely. So that partially, yeah. So that partially drove the growth. And then another reason is these several rounds of stimulus checks that you also saw within the United States. So a lot of companies, depending on, um, you know, what they price their items at, usually people, it's like an average, I guess you could say, receipt of for each customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually totals around a couple thousand dollars. That's how much they'll spend on average at some of these furniture companies. And obviously with each round of stimulus, each customer is getting a couple thousand dollars a pop. So um, you, you almost saw a direct correlation between these stimulus checks um, and, you know, these sales trends that were happening within each company. Mm. Uh, but now that the pandemic is winding down and the stimulus checks um, have stopped, you also see a direct correlation with that and that a lot of companies' sales have declined as well. Oh, um, wow. I, I, so let me get this straight. During the pandemic, 2020 into 2021, a lot of people moving, a big need for furniture, as well as people just working from home and staying home and figuring, hey, I got to, you know, I might, might be, this might be a good time to get some more furniture. Combined with these stimulus checks you, you're talking about, you're saying at that point the furniture industry had a tremendous amount of sales growth, it sounds like. Yep, a lot of sales growth, a lot of companies paid down their debt, and a lot of companies also started expanding extremely rapidly. Hmm. Um, for the companies that rely on, you know, brick and mortar retail, you saw huge increases um, quarter over quarter in how they were planning to expand store-wise. And then even a company like Wayfair that focused primarily online, um, you know, they received several billion dollar increases in their annual sales just within one year alone, which was tremendous. And so this was at the beginning of the pandemic, that first year or so. Now, especially in the past few months, it's starting to look like a different furniture industry, right? Yes, absolutely. How how so? Well, a lot of what the industry, the furniture industry does, um, you know, to track themselves is looking at comparable store growth, which is that out of the existing stores that exist within a company, like how well have they performed over the last 12 months, like a trailing 12-month period. And the pandemic really disrupted a lot of trend tracking for a lot of these companies. So now that we're exiting the pandemic and we're going back to more of a moderate sales level, albeit still slightly elevated, it's really tough for a lot of companies to start tracking moving forward, um, you know, what their sales projections are going to be. And likewise, a lot of companies still have a large amount of backlog as they source a lot of their material from China and Vietnam um, that isn't going away anytime soon. So you're still seeing a lot of um, lead times where customers are waiting months and months just to get their product. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing. So, so it sounds like that the furniture industry, similar to other industries right now, ha- are dealing with a bit of supply chain challenges, right? Yes, definitely. How, how so? How exactly is it impacting furniture? Is it just you know raw materials not coming in, and that completely disrupts uh, the sales pipeline for many of these furniture companies? Yes, it's either raw materials, it's price increases, it's the lack of freight capacity, um, 
lack of energy capacity. You know, com- you know, countries like China and Vietnam, they've had their fair share of energy shortages over the last couple of years. Mm. And so they're, they're it, a lot of places are just physically unable to meet that demand that's continuing. Got it. Uh, and so uh, I guess when you're looking at the furniture industry, certainly the supply chain issues you brought up seem to be very relevant. And it's also sounding like inflation is playing a role in the furniture industry, which is very similar to what we're hearing in other industries, um, right? Yes. Yes, there's been a lot of price increases. And so I guess the price increases, has, has, has it impacted that demand in some way in the furniture industry? Uh, in some ways, no, because again, people, you know, it's, it's a little weird because furniture has a different like elasticity compared to other products. When people move, they need furniture no matter what, or, you know, if they, they want to, you know, spruce up their space, you know, there's very little that they will probably do to stop them unless they foresee like economic hardships, but um, but no, for a lot of companies, the demand keeps trickling in and they foresee that going into 2023. Oh, wow. So demand is still there. It's just now you're dealing with price increases. Um, I wonder if there's a bit of a, a divide in this market, uh, between, you know, the high end, more luxury goods, and then, uh, maybe some other companies that don't do the high end furniture or is there some type of divide in terms of demand or no demand is still the same across the board effectively? Um, I wouldn't say it's the same across the board. I mean, you have a company like Wayfair that has both luxury tier products and that sector has been performing fairly well, mm-hmm. but then the products that they market that are typically designed for a lower income consumer, they've been underperforming. Um, and likewise with a company like sleep number that focuses specifically on mattresses, you know, their average unit retail for one of their mattresses is upwards of $5,000 that you could pay for a mattress. Um, and they've seen continued strong demand. Um, so it doesn't seem like there's any clear indication as to uh, a differentiation between luxury and um, I guess the lower income. Good overview of the market. When we return, we'll hear from Michael about which furniture stocks to pick and which furniture stocks to avoid. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Mike, today uh, we are talking about the furniture industry, and we're taking a look at different options for retail investors in the furniture industry. Um, so far, you've talked a bit about uh, some of the high-level trends that the industry is seeing right now as we are in the middle of April 2022. Uh, but of course, there are a few stocks in this space. Some are good. Some are not so good. Um, right now in the furniture industry, uh, Mike, uh, tell me a stock that you really like and, and why. 
Yeah. Um, well, the one I just mentioned, sleep number, is one that I actually am pretty interested in, uh, mainly for the reason that they seem to have a fairly proprietary product. So, you know, part of their gimmick, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is their mattresses are essentially smart beds where they can, they hope to be able to implement technology where they, the mattress will collect data on the consumer while they sleep and in turn monitor your health and uh, evaluate your sleep quality and basically become like a healthcare product in the future. Mm. And like I've said, they've experienced very strong demand growth despite being an expensive product and they're making a lot of investments into R&D. So they seem to be um, going strong and heading well towards what they want, where they want to be for the next five to 10 years. Nice. I, I, I'm glad to see that the company is, is uh, seems to be on the right path. Um, you know, just looking at the stock, I tend to gravitate towards value stocks and the stock does seem to be a good value play. It has a really good uh, price to earnings ratio right now. So it seems like it's a, it's a good value play um, and the price is down. Um, but I guess that kind of Begs another question, Mike. What you know, in the past six months, it seems that Sleep Number stock has, has dropped more than forty percent. Um, what, what what do you make of that? Yeah, I think you know a lot of companies, their stocks have obviously declined within you know the last three to six months. I mean, like I said before, it's partially a overall trend of where things have been increasing for so long within the overall market that, um, you know, eventually you're going to have some sell-offs. We obviously have some major disruptions going on in global events, such as the war in Ukraine um, and just inflation fears in general. So I, I think what you're seeing in the overall market isn't necessarily an indication of what the true value of these stocks would be. I think there's just a lot of selling that people are doing, reallocating and just reconsidering where they want to be due to the turmoil. Got it. And it does seem like a good you know, opportunity to buy the dip for, for sleep number. Of course, I always say to listeners, speak out and, and reach, to a, you know, reach out to a financial advisor. Um, they'll be able to help guide you with these stock decisions. But sleep numbers are really, you know, on paper, looks like a good stock to at least take a look at. Um, Mike, in the furniture space, is there another stock that maybe you might suggest that retail investors try to avoid for the time being? Yeah. Um, again, another one I just mentioned, I would caution against Wayfair. Hmm. Um, even though they've had a very large increase in revenue year over year, um, I am not sure. It doesn't seem to be the case that that level of revenue is sustainable long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they pay a lot to acquire customers. Um, I don't think that they um, have, I think they, yeah, they, they pay a lot to acquire customers. Um, and I think they also have had trouble becoming profitable. So mm-hmm. they've had to basically reach nearing $14 billion in annual revenue um, as of recently to even become profitable in a sense. So it's taken them that long to become profitable. And if it takes them this level of revenue to be profitable, um, then they have a lot of work to do, I think. Interesting. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the the, the high cost of customer acquisition. 
I think that is definitely a concern. Hopefully it's something that Wayfair might want to address, um, especially as they try to scale their business. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that Wayfair is not profitable, as, as, you, as you call it. Um, it it's losing money. Um, I also see that the stock has lost you know, over half of its value in just the last six months. Um, you know, I can understand that the company is struggling, but it did lose over half its value. Is this an opportunity to maybe buy the dip on this stock, do you think? Or no, wait, the company is still struggling, maybe avoid, even though the price seems to be much lower now. Um, well, if you look, you know, at the longer term, you know, this valuation is a little on the lower side mm -hmm. than what their previous peaks were prior to the pandemic. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, you know, to consider it. Um, and uh, just another thing you have to keep in mind, like I said, is that I think we're in a big sell-off period. So I think inevitably you're going to get a bounce back when people see clear skies ahead. So it, it might be a better short-term play than a medium to long-term play in that regard. I think a lot of stocks are like that, actually. Um, so typically in times of downturn, it's, I mean, it was like this when the pandemic began, you know, everything bottomed out and it didn't really matter in a sense, you know, what you invested in because um, everything kind of went out in tandem after the fact. You're, you're right. Um, it it's definitely seems like stocks, not just in the furniture sector, but in all sectors have bottomed out to a certain degree. Um, and, and it does seem like it, it, that's just how it is. It's very, it does remind me a bit of when the pandemic started as well. Um, so those are, those are two stocks in the furniture sector that you brought up, one that you like, one that you want, you know, the, the, the one you like is Sleep Number, the one you want to avoid is Wayfair. Mike, um, are there any other stocks that maybe you have your eye on right now in the furniture sector? Yeah, I think Purple is another interesting a company that people might be interested in, in looking at. Uh, I think recently they had a, a lot of trouble with their quarter of a quarter revenue, which resulted in a very large drop in their stock value immediately after their recent earnings call. I think it was in either in, in February or March. But overall, they have a fairly quality, a fairly good product. It's proprietary. They have a good value differentiation compared to the competition. And again, the product is of high quality. So uh, I think long-term, and the stock is also fairly cheap, but I think long-term, uh, the company um, does have a lot to offer in that regard. Nice. I'm glad to hear they have a good product that should, should bode them well in the future. Um, Mike, let's say you're a retail investor and you can choose from any sector. Let's say you want to pick furniture. Um, you know, as an area to invest in right now in 2022, what advice would you give to those retail investors that are interested in the furniture sector? Yeah, so a few key indicators to look out for, you know, on whether the furniture industry will do well as a whole is, you know, you want to look at how the housing market is doing and what the projections for those are. Um, for the six, next six to 12 months, you also want to be looking at the month over month um, mortgage demands, the interest rates as well. Um, and then you also 
want to look at commodity prices specifically because an increase in commodities such as oil um, or even timber for that matter or steel, you're probably going to see a lot of price increases, continue price increases uh, for the furniture industry. And that's what's driving a lot of the revenue growth for a lot of these companies. Interesting. Well, it's good to, to, to know, good to keep an eye on, on those uh, trends, especially for those investors who are interested in furniture. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast today and talking about the furniture sector and stocks to pick or to avoid. Uh, thank you so much. But before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question, and it's the big question for today's discussion. Uh, that question is, Mike, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and why? Oh, man. <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say maybe a thriller or a drama type genre, I would think. Mm. I like to live fairly ambitiously. And also, I have a high stomach for risk. And I usually juggle a lot of um, high demand projects at once. So there's a lot of energy I'm putting into my day-to-day. -day. My days are very long, so. Well, I'm sure your days are very long between both uh, working in the furniture industry and in the investment industry as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you again to Michael Mills for sharing your insights on furniture stocks. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Bye.